Welcome to the August 2008 article from Scientific American, produced by Audible, and narrated by Mark Moran. It's called Why Migraine Strike, written by David W. Dodick and J.J. Gargis. For the more than 300 million people who suffer migraines, the excruciating, pulsating pain that characterizes these debilitating headaches needs no description. For those who do not, the closest analogous experience might be severe altitude sickness, nausea, acute sensitivity to light, and searing, bed-confining headache. That no one dies of migraine seems to someone deep into an attack an ambiguous blessing, wrote Joan Didion in the 1979 essay, In Bed, from her collection The White Album. Historical records suggest the condition has been with us for at least 7,000 years, yet it continues to be one of the most misunderstood, poorly recognized, and inadequately treated medical disorders. Indeed, many people seek no medical care for their agonies, most likely believing that doctors can do little to help or will be downright skeptical and hostile toward them. Didion wrote in bed almost three decades ago, but some physicians remain as dismissive today as they were then. For I had no brain tumor, no eye strain, no high blood pressure, nothing wrong with me at all. I simply had migraine headaches, and migraine headaches were, as everyone who did not have them knew, imaginary. Migraine is finally starting to get the attention it deserves. Some of that attention is the result of epidemiological studies revealing just how common these headaches are and how incapacitating. A World Health Organization report described migraine as one of the four most disabling chronic medical disorders. Additional concern results from recognition that such headaches and their aftermaths cost the U.S. economy $17 billion a year in lost work, disability payments, and health care expenses. But most of the growing interest comes from new discoveries in genetics, brain imaging, and molecular biology. Though of very different natures, those findings seem to converge and reinforce one another, making researchers hopeful that they can get to the bottom of migraine's causes and develop improved therapies to prevent them or halt them in their tracks. The Ascent of Vapors any plausible explanation of migraine needs to account for a wide and varied set of symptoms. The frequency, duration, experience, and catalyst of episodes differ greatly. Victims have, on average, one or two day-long attacks every month. But 10% get them weekly, 20% experience them for two to three days, and up to 14% have them more than 15 days a month. Often the pain strikes just one side of the head, but not always. Migraines and people prone to them can be set in motion by such a variety of events that they seem inescapable. Alcohol, dehydration, physical exertion, menstruation, emotional stress, weather changes, seasonal changes, allergies, sleep deprivation, hunger, altitude, and fluorescent lights are all cited as triggers. Migraines occur in all ages and both genders, yet women between the ages of 15 and 55 are disproportionately hit. Two-thirds of cases occur in this population. Physicians over the years have proposed many reasons for why these headaches arise. Gallen in ancient Greece attributed them to the ascent of vapors, or humors, from the liver to the head. Gallen's description of hemicrania, a painful disorder affecting approximately one-half of the head, is indeed what we refer to as migraine today. The old world hemicrania eventually became megrum, and ultimately migraine.